0: Oh, sorry, the third, the third of this series that we are looking at. And uh, for those who are new to this church, this is no, not what we normally do—that uh, is, view a video. Okay, but for this season, for this next, uh, for this six sessions, we are, are going to view uh, a video. But let me just introduce a little bit. Uh, f- the question is, um, who wrote the Bible? Who wrote the Bible? And I simply want to quote to you from the Bible itself. Well, which tells us who wrote the Bible in Second Timothy chapter three verse sixteen. It says, "All Scripture that is the Bible, all Scripture is God breathed, and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the man or the woman of God be thoroughly equipped for every good work." And then in Second Peter chapter one verse twenty, it says this: "Above all." You must understand that no prophecy of Scripture or the Bible came about by the prophet's own interpretation. For prophecy or the Bible never had its origin in the will of man, but man spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So you can say that the Holy Spirit wrote the Bible. But the words here are they, are they only words? Jesus said in John chapter 6, verse 63, that my words are spirit and they are life. So it's more than ABC, it's more than words. And now I want to read to you, and if you can, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, a fairly long passage. That these words are more than words, they are what is called spiritually discerned. So there is a a stronger, uh, a spiritual element the words that we read in the Bible. And let me read now from 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And this is the Apostle Paul writing, "'When I came to you, brothers, "'I did not come with eloquence or superior wisdom "'as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. "'For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you "'except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. "'I came to you in weakness and fear.' And with much trembling, my message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on men's wisdom, but on God's power. We do not, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age, all of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No, we speak of God's secret wisdom, a wisdom that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. However, as it is written, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love Him. But God has revealed it to us by His Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep deep things of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the man's Spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. We have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we may understand. What God has freely given us, this is what we speak not in words taught by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, expressing spiritual truth in spiritual words. The man without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual man makes judgments about all things, but he himself is not subject to any man's judgment. For who has known the mind of the Lord, that we may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. And so we need this mind of Christ to understand the Scriptures. Um, I have heard uh, recently uh, this term that, oh, let me have more of the Spirit, let me have more of the Spirit, and like fill us like a jug to the full. Correct in some sense, but I think a more useful way to appreciate God the Holy Spirit who is a person is to say not so much that uh, fill me more with the Spirit, but have the Spirit, the Spirit have more of me. That is, more of my life is given over to the control of the Spirit. And every single area of our lives, even what might seem to be a very secular and, and day-to-day living um, area. So let the Spirit have more of you. And now I'd like to invite uh, our elder Edwin to come forward to just share a very short testimony with us. He told me that uh, in all his adult life, he has never managed to share something in 10 minutes, but he's going to try. So let's encourage him. <laughs>
1: Um, in 1996, uh, I bought an apartment called the Pearl Bank Apartments in Orchard Park. Uh, everybody who has been to that place, many have been to my place, uh, they like the centrality of the location. It is in Orchard Park and there are two MRT lines there. Uh, they enjoy the view, a spectacular view on the 33rd floor of Orchard Road, uh, the skyline there, and I, and I like it too. And they were very impressed with the spaciousness of the place. One thousand seven hundred and fifty square feet, hundred sixty three square meters it's, it's very very large. It's a mezzanine with uh, three levels. Uh, I, I like the apartment. As, as a matter of fact, I love the apartment. Uh, I I would I never thought about selling it, and I I th- I didn't want to part with it. Uh, so this is the story of the events that led to the sale of my apartment, and how God spoke to me. I know it sounds like I'm going to talk forever, but 10 minutes, (laughs) okay? Uh, What happened was that um, uh, many people have asked me, did you regret it? You know, how much did you sell it for? Oh, you can get it for so much more. If you had only waited, this is a much better, you shouldn't have sold it. Why did you do it? Uh, the official reason I gave them is that, oh, because my mother, you know, cannot negotiate the stairs. She was living with me, and then she fell, and then she lived with my sister. My sister upstairs sold her flat. My sister downstairs sold the flat. The flat is leaking. That's the official reason. There is a real reason. And I'm going to tell you uh, what really happened uh, that God, um, you know, how God spoke to me about selling the flat. So uh, that was in 2006. Everybody moved out. I was alone. And um, I wasn't uh, very interested in selling, but since my brother-in-law is an agent and uh, he, uh, there were so many people who were viewing the place, I said, well, okay, you, you can just bring anybody, you know, like a show flat, you know, I don't mind, I'm living on my own. Uh, uh, if there is a good price, I might consider, you know, uh, but I'm really not interested in selling. Uh, the prices then were going uh, in the region of 800 plus thousand to 900 plus thousand. So my sister sold theirs in that region. So I told my brother, okay, all right, don't 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 call me, don't bother me unless you have an... Uh, there's an offer for 1050, all right? Uh said, wow, there's a lot more. There's a lot more than the last transacted price. I'm not interested in selling, but if you have somebody, you let me know, okay? So uh, one day... It was 9 a.m. Uh, on the 29th of April, 2007. Uh, I was downstairs waiting for the lift. Yes, I was waiting for the lift, uh, I think. And I was going up, and I got a call from my, my brother-in-law. Uh, okay, uh, 1050, uh, can I come now? Where can I see you to get the option sign? I said, wait, wait, you got an offer for me? 1050? I said, yes. So where can I see you? I said, wait, wait, wait. It's 9 o'clock, I'm going for worship. I will call you after the service, okay? I am not sure yet. You told me that if I can get you somebody who is prepared to offer 1050. I know, but I have not heard from God yet. It's 9 o'clock, I'm going for my service. I switched the phone to silent mode. I, I, I think I walked up or whatever. And then I turned around, I went to the prayer room. And I prayed to the Lord the whole one and a half hours. Uh, when the service was over, I shared this with Rebecca Chosan. The, both of them prayed for me. I went back. After lunch, I went back, and I just went down on my knees. and <laughs> said that, well, God, uh, this is really unexpected. I don't have to sell. I'm I'm not pressurized to sell. But now that there's an offer for 1050, I, I really, really, really want to hear from you. W- what do you say about this? And, um, you know, I... I went on my knees. I really went on my knees and I sought the Lord earnestly and I, I told the Lord, I've opened the Bible many times before. I have heard you many times before, but most of the time when I read the Scriptures, I analyze the Scriptures. I study the Scriptures. But the Scriptures is not just for analyzing and studying. The Word of God is to be studied for instruction and the Word of God is to be read for communion. Today, I want communion. And uh, and. I opened the Bible for scholarship, but the Bible is also given to me for friendship. And I want the, you, God, to speak to me. Uh, my sheep hears my voice. You say, I want to hear you. So I opened the Bible quite randomly, actually. I flipped to the Psalms. I wanted to start with the Psalms. So it was Psalm 49, Psalm 50, and Psalm 51. I tell you, it was very consistent, the team. There are 929 chapters in the OT and I had to flip to Psalm 49 first. And let me just tell you very briefly because I only have 10 minutes. <laughs> this kind of... Uh, I, you know, I I spent an extended time reading this and, and uh, I was gripped. Uh, it was like a light. Uh, you know. It, it, it was so clear that the Lord was speaking. I was not speaking to myself. Uh, uh, you know, things like that. Uh, even those who trust in their wealth... And boast in the abundance uh, of their. Uh, uh, oh no, why should I fear in the days of adversity uh, when the iniquities of the foes around me, even those who trust in their wealth and boast in the abundance of their riches, no man can by any means redeem his life. And then uh, 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 even wise men die, the stupid men die, the, they leave their wealth to others. And, and th- that kind of a theme, then okay. Go to Psalm fifty, uh, and then it went on to, uh, "This is every beast is mine, the forest is mine, the cattle is mine on the thousand hills, the birds are mine," and I, I said, "God, you are saying something," uh, and and I was, it was, it was a stirring in the heart. So it was, it was not just information in the mind. It was, uh, there was trans, transformation was just happening in the heart. I just know that there was a stirring in the spirit. God was speaking. I just okay, New Testament lip that it was Luke 12 and then the, the parable of those, the man who wanted to build the bigger barn and he sold the place. and said, Okay, you're you saying something, alright? You're saying something. I'm listening. Uh, and the conclusion was this. Um, you know, uh, do not worry about your life. Uh, do you... Um, uh, for all these things, the world eagerly seek, but the Father knows what you need seek first a kingdom do not be afraid uh sell your possessions give it to the poor uh you know and it, the, the the parable i spent more time on on this parable just meditating and i i knew what the lord was saying i, I just knew in my heart you know that that's the wonder of the holy spirit you you've read this your uh, the passages many many times are familiar with it but when the spirit speaks uh the heart is gripped and you just know, and you just know that the Spirit speaks. And the reason why I picked, I, I've, uh, shared this, I'm I've sharing this testimony out of the so many times that God has spoken to me is because this was the clearest. What was clear? Um, the Lord asked me a few questions, and it was not me conversing with myself. Is this mine? And I went on my knees and said, God, this is yours. Is everything mine? It is. God, my life is yours. And this too. And um, I, I have a lovely apartment and I, love, I, have accu- I had accumulated a lot of things in my 11 years there. And uh, they, it had become very precious to me. And my Heavenly Father, in this stage of my discipleship journey, just knew uh, what he needed to do with me it, at this, that stage of my life. Uh, He knew the true condition of my heart, and I think he was just lovingly nudging me uh, to release my possessions before they possessed me. And uh, Pearl Bank represented that. Uh, I understood then that the the events were originally arranged by God, and uh, I, I prayed extended time of prayer, and I just released, confessed, and I acknowledged that there were many, many things that I that I hold very, very closely to. I called my agent and said, okay, tomorrow I'll see you. I'm going to visit, have dinner with my mom. Um, I'll I'll, I'll tell you the whole story. I'm so sorry. I missed all the... There were so many missed calls. Uh, I didn't take his calls. I'll see you tomorrow. So the next day, uh, I told him that uh, I would sell. But then he told me that, oh, uh, oh, okay. Yesterday I couldn't reach you on the phone and they were so while you were away in church and uh, out, actually someone actually came. I brought one more person to see the place, and I assumed that 1050 was off, and this other person just informed me today that uh, he will offer 1090. (laughs) Uh, Now, I was moved. Let me tell you, because uh, why? It was like an affirmation from God. Say, well, thank God. Uh, Thank you, God. I mean, it's a very nice gesture, God. Uh, Just waiting 24 hours, it's like you affirming me that, uh, well, since you're prepared to wait a day and to seek me, take another 40000 you know. And uh, it was significant. Um, I, I, I don't want to spiritualize it, but I, I was very touched. Uh, this is very important because when I uh, started to dispossess, the, the largest one was, of course, what I like, per Bank. But uh, when it came to the time for me to dispossess, I really dispossessed everything in Pearl Bank, including my grand piano. I only took with me my books, uh, my clothes, two tables, and ten chests. Everything else was given away. Everything I had accumulated, 11 years, refrigerator, television, cupboards, antiques, curio boxes, furniture, thick wood, everything was dispossessed. I started fresh in Pearl Bank with Two tables, ten chairs, books, and clothes. Let me tell you, uh, this is bonus. Just two more minutes. There's a there's a very interesting twist to this story. Okay, the I had a dream many years ago, of a man who came to see me, that he wanted to buy this place for his son, and he was he the son liked it so much that he's prepared to offer me 1.1 million for my apartment. And I said, Uncle, and I don't want to take advantage of you. It is really not worth so much because my neighbor then sold his place for $430,000. I bought it, of course, much higher. And it just went down for $430,000. And uh, I, I don't want to take advantage of you. It's not worth so much. But I said, no, no, I insist on buying it at $1.1 $1. 1 million. But it's a dream. Uh, I cannot tell you that it was a dream from God. I can't tell you, but it was a dream many years ago. The, the Pearl Bank apartment was not completed on legal completion date. And the buyer compensated me 10000 more. So I actually sold it for $1.1 million. Uh, I I want to say this, that if you really want to listen to God, God will speak. And I'm so grateful to God for not just speaking to me this way, but for all uh, what He wanted to uh, you know, deal in, with me in my life. And it was such an important moment with Him, 29th April. 207
2: Public library it's one of the most massive structures uh, in downtown Brooklyn. We're right near downtown Brooklyn now. And they started construction of this building in 1912. And it would have never been finished unless Andrew Carnegie gave more than a million and a half dollars so that it would become a reality. And I used to come here as a kid all the time. In fact, my brother would bring me on the Flatbush Avenue bus. And I used to come there when school ended in June. And he would make me get six or seven books to be read without fail during the summer. I have a brother six years older than me, and in collusion with my parents, they tried to ruin my summers. I wanted to just play basketball and stickball and every kind of game in the park and playground, but I had to read along with all of that sports. I'm glad they did it for me. A lot of memories in this building for me, and there's all kinds of books in there. There are simple books, books for children, books about sports. There are some very technical books, books written by the most brilliant writers who ever lived. But there's one book in there that no matter what your IQ is, no matter how bright you are, you could never understand the meaning of this one book in there, and that's the Bible. There are Bibles in there, and the Bible can only be explained and understood if you're taught by the one who wrote it. It was inspired by the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is the only one who can help us to understand what the Bible really says. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. Break me. Melt me, mold me, fill me, spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. I think we all need it every day, especially as we approach the word of God. Spirit of God, come and teach me your word. You know, a great example of that is an associate pastor on my staff. Happens also to be my son-in-law. I'm very proud of him, Pastor Brian Petrie. And he was on a spiritual pilgrimage just with a Bible. And the religious leaders who he kind of went to for help, they actually tried to lead him down the wrong road. But God the Holy Spirit was faithful to make Christ real through the scriptures so that he found salvation, and now he's a wonderful servant of God. I'm so proud of him. You'll enjoy his story.
3: Um, My mother had an affair when I was, well, I wasn't, born yet. I was the result of the affair It's one of my dad's friends. And uh, I'm the youngest of four kids. I grew up in a way where I felt there was something wrong. I felt like there was something that was off in me, because I saw how my older dad loved my older brothers and sisters, and that affected me in a really deep way, because it wasn't the same with me. And so I tried to do everything that I could to... uh, Kind of measure up to please, to do things that would maybe get me a nod of approval or an expression of affection or love. Now all the while I, I grew up watching my mom in church. She was probably the most bold person in the church. I I watched how she would uh, stand up in the middle of a service and raise her hands and sing when nobody else would sing. And my mom went through a whole lot in the way that our family kind of disintegrated. And I, I just she needs it, it's a crutch, it'll get her through. I wouldn't sit with her anymore in church because I would get so embarrassed, but it always stood out to me like that she had this something that was beyond what I knew.
2: When I was a sophomore at Erasmus Hall High School in Brooklyn, New York, and by the way, that's the oldest high school in America, and when I went there, it was the largest high school in America, 2,100 students in my graduating class, 7,800 in the whole school. Well, in my sophomore year, I took plane geometry. And for the life of me, no matter what the teacher said, I could not figure it out. I didn't know an isosceles triangle from a bagel with cream cheese. I could not figure it out. About a month or two into the semester, a uh, teacher got sick and was replaced by a new teacher, and suddenly, lo and behold, the light went on. I understood triangles and angles and parabolas and all that other stuff, and it was like the light just went on, and it w- I had to credit it to the teacher. The way this new teacher came at the, at the subject, the way she explained it, met something in my mind so that understanding followed. Now, when the disciples were here on earth 2,000 years ago, their teacher was Jesus Christ. In fact, they called him teacher or rabbi. They were known as having Jesus of Nazareth as their teacher slash rabbi. And before Jesus left them, he made some specific promises about another teacher who would help them. And I know you won't believe this. This teacher would be better than him. He talked about the Holy Spirit coming, and he called the Holy Spirit the Spirit of Truth. He will lead you into all truth, he says in John. In another place, he says, and he, notice he, the Holy Spirit, will teach you all things. Now, what's involved here is more than just the inspiration of scriptures. We know that the Holy Spirit moved upon men who wrote the Holy Scriptures, which is our only rule of faith. But when we read it, who's the teacher that's going to make us understand it? Because there's no, nothing else in the world like this book. This is my favorite book. It should be everyone's who's a Christian. This is the word of the living God. And although there are many different kinds of literature within the Bible, the lessons and truth that God wants to convey to us can only be understood with a teacher's help. And who is that teacher? The Holy Spirit. Now most of us living in twenty-first century with great confidence in our mental abilities, we just pick it up and read it like the New York Times or Time magazine. We just kind of roll on and we're reading. And we're gonna understand this because hey, I have a fairly high IQ and I went to school and maybe I have a degree from a university. And if you take that approach, you'll never understand the scriptures. Oh, you might understand the shell of it. You might get some facts, uh, the subject, the verb, the object. You might understand some sketchy truths. But the real teaching of it that will change your life, the truth that God wants to get into your heart, the revelation of it, the revealing of it, so that your life will be different. Now, that only happens by the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And I have found so many times that I catch myself reading the Bible, and I'm not getting it. Does that ever happen to you? I mean, I'm getting it. I've read it before. I understand the subject, the verb, the object, but I'm not getting it. It's not getting into my heart. It's not God speaking to me. It's just, I'm doing devotions. And there's nothing deadlier than just reading the Bible to do devotions. And that's why God sent the Holy Spirit. Notice, he's a better teacher than Jesus because Jesus taught with his voice, went in their ear. But you know all the problems the disciples had like us. They didn't get it a lot of the times. But when the Holy Spirit came, he teaches us from the inside. He takes the word that he inspired. No one can explain it like he can. And he makes it real to the inner person so that, well, listen, hasn't that ever happened to you? Have you ever read a verse that you've read like 20 times and then you're reading it and you go, whoa, wow, it means that? Like a light goes on, a bulb goes on in your heart and you start to see it and appreciate it in a new way. What happened then? Well, it was the Holy Spirit Making God's word real to us. Now, although we need teachers, Bible teachers are so important. Never, We should never forsake the assembling of ourselves because coming together and being taught the word of God is, is all important. But we mustn't forget the teaching that we find in 1 John where John the Apostle says, Now, you have an anointing, speaking of the Holy Spirit, you have an anointing that teaches you all things, you don't have a need for anyone to teach you, for that anointing teaches you all things. And of course, it would have to be that way. It's possible for a simple Christian who's five years in the Lord, in the mountains of Peru, a country I love that I visited so many times, it's possible for them to know more about God, not merely about him, but to really know him and his word, to know more than a theologian with a PhD, because it's all a matter of the revelation of the Holy Spirit, God teaching a humble, simple, childlike heart, what this word really means, the spiritual kernel of it, inside the the shell, what it really was written uh, to mean to our hearts so that Christ can be more glorified in our lives. And many times when we merely approach the Bible with our minds, we can fall into a terrible trap of thinking we know the Bible, but our hearts being unchanged because there's no spiritual teaching. Go back with me to the 1840s, 1850s. Well, it was even before that. But let's pick the 1840s and 50s in our country down in the south, southern part of America. Slavery was going on. The peculiar institution of slavery was now mounting an uproar in the country. The abolitionists against the slaveholders. And do you realize that there were Bible thumpers, preachers in fundamentalist churches were pounding the Bible, defending slavery, using the scriptures to enslave Tens of thousands of human beings that God created and that he sent Christ to die for and, that, and, and to propagate this horrible thing of separating a man from his wife, children from their parents, siblings, torn apart at slave auctions. And there were ministers, not the ungodly, not the atheists. There were ministers using the scriptures to justify that. That's an example of the Pharisees who quoted the Bible while they were planning the murder of Jesus Christ, the son of God. Oh, listen, reading the Bible without the teaching of the Holy spirit, without that tenderizing revelation of God's spirit, making the word real to us and humbling us as he teaches us. If we don't have that, we can produce monstrous kinds of pseudo Christians who use the word of God to actually propagate evil behavior. And Jesus was a victim of that in the name of scripture they crucified the king of glory
3: I guess it reached a kind of a crescendo in my life because I ended up going to my mom when I was a senior in high school my friends were starting to they studied in school I can't say I studied a whole lot I kind of played around more than I should have and I had friends that were going here and friends that were going there. And I kind of went to my mother going, I don't know where this is going to lead. And she, she said, you know what, Brian, God has a plan for your life. And if you will just start to trust him for it, you'll give him the opportunity for him to show himself to you. So as I sat there and I started to reflect on all of it, I, I for the first time in my life, I kind of opened my heart to God. Actually, it was more of a challenge than anything else. And I said, if you're really there and you really care about me. And you, you have this plan like my mom talks about, and you're, you really want to show yourself to me. Well, here I am. Prove it. Show yourself. And then I got upset because I thought, now you're losing your mind. Now you're talking to yourself. Nobody's talking back to you. Kind of threw my hands down and walked away. A couple days later, I ran into a man in my hometown, wealthy guy, a friend of mine uh, growing up as his grandfather. And he approached me on the street and said, Brian, what are you doing with your life? You're getting ready to graduate high school. What's going on? I used it as an opportunity to vent. I used it as an opportunity to tell him how wrong everything was and how my life had no meaning and purpose. <laughs> i unloaded on this guy. And he said to me, son, I've got a solution for you. I said, I'm all ears. He said, it sounds like you need a little discipline. I said, I definitely need some discipline. <laughs> he said, I've got, I've got a solution for you. I went to a military school, military college. He said, I'll send you there. I said, what do you mean you'll send me there I go I'll, I'll pay for your way and i went what do you mean you'll pay for my way now i didn't know this man i knew who he was he was a friend of my or a grandfather of my friend but i, I never talked to him before and when he said i'll pay your way i said i don't think i can get in i don't study hard enough i don't think my grades are what they need to be because i'm on the board of directors if i say you go you go do you want to go and if you like it I'll, I'll i'll pay for the rest of your college now in the moment I can't say I ever felt like God intervened in my circumstance, but that moment I pulled back and kind of in a surreal moment went, I challenge you, and within 48 hours you bring this man into my life. I was like, you're real. So that gave me a little hope, that gave me, it was like God revealing himself in a way that allowed me to see he could intervene. didn't change my life in the moment, I still carried on and still was as ridiculous and out of control as I was before. But right before I went to school, and he tried to get me to go to visit the school, he goes, you don't know what you're getting yourself into. It was all-male military school where it was at the other end of the spectrum where I was. was squared away, disciplined, I was, didn't care about anything and just wanted to have a good time. He said, you need to know what you're biting off here. I said, I don't want to know about it. If I know, I won't go. I think this is what I'm supposed to do, so I'm just going to do it. Well, the night before I left, my mother, she hands me a Bible, and it was the message hadn't been out for too long it was in language I got and when she gave it to me I went what is this she said it's the Bible and I want you to read it I'm like I'm never gonna read this this is ridiculous take it back get your money back you just wasted your money and she said I want you to take this with you I don't want you to just leave it take it with you Uh, there's gonna become a point at some time in your life where you're gonna need God to help you and you're gonna have to open up your heart I don't know how he's gonna get you to that place but he's gonna get you there and when you get there You're going to find what you've been looking for in here. I was like, whatever, I don't even care. I'll just take it. Just stop talking.
2: There's a great danger, as we've been saying, about reading the Scriptures without the teaching of the Holy Spirit. And I'd like to read to you a portion of Scripture which reminds us that every time we open the Bible... We've got to stop and pray, whether it's for 15 seconds, a minute, or five minutes. We've got to say, as Psalm 119 says over and over again, Lord, open my eyes. Teach me things from your word. Teach me your ways, O Lord. Now, that was a psalmist who was writing scripture, and yet his prayer to God was, God, even though I have, let's say, the law of Moses, and maybe he had memorized a lot of it, it ends up being nothing unless the Holy Spirit, God himself, comes and teaches us, opens up our eyes so we can understand. If that isn't the case and we don't get help from the Holy Spirit, we can fall into the terrible habit of reading Scripture just to justify what we already believe. I know all kinds of folks, they, when they read the Bible, it's, God, do a new thing, but I'm not changing anything, I believe. That's a very odd prayer, isn't it? when we should come like children to the word of God. And what they come to the Bible for is to find more ammunition for what they already believe. And if any verse troubles them or doesn't fit into what they're so convinced of, they just kind of discard it. That's not the way to read the Bible. We have to come like children so that God can teach us. The danger of this all is that's lurking in the background is this just monumental verse found in John Chapter 5, listen to it. Jesus says to them, you diligently, this is to the religious leaders, you diligently study the scriptures because you think that by them you possess eternal life. These are the scriptures that testify about me, yet you refuse to come to me to have life. Now, isn't that something for us to ponder? Oh, how we need the Holy Spirit to help us avoid the trap of the religious leaders of Jesus' day. You diligently study the scriptures. You study them, study them, just to back up your prejudices that you already have. You study them, and they speak of me, but you're so blind that you don't see it, and you won't come to me. Can you imagine the people who knew most about the Bible in Christ's day had the son of the living God five feet in front of them and didn't know him, but they knew the scriptures. Does that not remind us how much we need the teaching of the Holy Spirit? We need to let go of everything we've learned, the traditions that we've learned from men, And that's the problem. A lot of times we identify truth not by what we're taught by the Holy Spirit through Scripture, but we identify it with what we saw growing up in church. Oh, that's what preaching is. That's what prayer is. That's what worship is. What is it? It's what I saw growing up in church. That's not the way we're supposed to define our terms uh, when it comes to Bible truth. We're supposed to search the Scriptures, and we're supposed to ask for the help of the Holy Spirit so that we can understand what God intended church to be, what God intended Christianity to be, the importance of love, the power of prayer. All of these things will never come real to us unless we humble ourselves and say, Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. Did you ever sing that song? We sing it all the time here in our church. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me.
3: So I go to school, like the gentleman told me, it was so different than anything I could have imagined. It was, it was a bit of a nightmare. It was a total shock to my system. Having people in your face shave my head the first 10 minutes of being there, I, it was it was, it was was crazy. I was too proud to quit, but I didn't know how to go on. So as I'm trying to figure out, how am I at least gonna make it until Christmas? I can't go home shamed in, a, in the halfway through the semester. So I was trying to think of anything I could, and then, The Bible that my mom gave me kind of came back, and I thought, Well, I'll try anything at this point. Uh, I, I can't fail. So I went downstairs, picked up the Bible, opened it up, and I started to read in it. And as I read through the pages, I got this picture, this understanding I have to say came from God of who Jesus was, what his mission was, what it was him coming in a personal way to help me with the brokenness of my own life. So As it relates to the church that I grew up in, I kind of started to feel a little isolated. Then with my friends, I started to try to share what God was doing in my life, and they kind of backed off and went, okay, I think he's flipped out. Uh, My mother understood, and she would encourage me, and stay in the word. God's going to be faithful to you. Uh, At school for four years, I have to say, God put me in a place where it was really me and God just showing me the Spirit of God, teaching me and leading me. And that was a good thing, being isolated in that way. It got me grounded in the Word. It got me um, to a, a, probably a much more mature place than, than maybe a different road. But as I, I, as I started to even go forward from there and as I started to try to understand what God's plan was, um, I continued to keep my heart open to God and I continued to just depend upon Him. And as I did that, He started to bring people into my life that could speak into my life and kind of show me Not just how you have a relationship with God, but show me how things work as far as it relates to ministry and and how God works. You know, in retrospect, looking back, I think that the Holy Spirit begins to work in our lives when we get to the end of ourselves. Now, at the time, I don't think that I necessarily felt like I was getting to the end of myself. I was desperate for reasons that... Uh, maybe weren't, you know, God, I I need you. I'm totally desperate for you. I was just trying to survive the moment that I was in, and I was desperate to grab a hold of anything that God would give me. And in that position, I think, you get uh, God's response. when god's spirit's moving throughout the earth one of my favorite scriptures is in, in the old testament it comes from second chronicles this is 16th chapter the ninth verse and it says god's eyes they range to and fro throughout the earth looking to strengthen the person that would bend their heart toward god and if i look back on my experience i was at a place where i wasn't just bending i, I was i was beyond bent i was broken i was god helped me and in that place god started to to respond as he does with everybody You get to the place of desperation, that's where God comes in, and as you live, as I started to grow and do my thing, as I started to try to uh, just live what I thought being a Christian was, I I think slowly God was showing me, you can't do, like Jesus said, you can't do one thing apart from me. He said, the greatest in the kingdom is the one most like the kid, and even though I was 18 years old, uh, I wasn't a kid anymore, but I certainly wasn't uh, an adult, I probably thought I was farther down the road than I was, uh, but it took God breaking me and getting me back to a place of dependency even to this day I'm 40 years old and and I think I'm far more dependent now than I I was at 18 when I first became a Christian and in hindsight I think slowly as I started to look to God's word and I I started to realize my need and live in the the dependence that the spirit of God's trying to teach us to live in that's where God was able to come in and really help me and begin to do those things in greater ways of leading me in the direction I should go of teaching me the things that he needed me to, to know and, and showing me that I I, I don't know apart from Him, I can't find my way without Him.
2: Let's take one last verse on this subject and make it ours today. Let's ask God to help us uh, learn this in the deepest sense of the word. Get it into our hearts. It's a powerful passage found in First Corinthians chapter two where it says about we Christians we have not received the spirit of the world the cleverness and the wisdom of this world that's not how we how we operate but the spirit capital S the holy spirit who is from God why that we may understand what God has freely given us i counsel people every month i preach to people every day it seems of the year that are racing backwards in their Christian walk because they don't know what God has promised to do for them. They don't know what's available in terms of the grace of God and the provision that we have in Jesus Christ. But the Bible says that God has given us the Holy Spirit so that we may know. That's that inner teaching of the Holy Spirit, that we may really know and experience the things that are freely given us by God. (laughs) It wouldn't be terrible to see a guy die in the desert and he's just 50 yards away from the water that would save his life, but he was so lost and befuddled he couldn't find the water. The Holy Spirit was sent so that we don't go off down the wrong road and end up in dry and barren places. He wants to guide us and make real to us all the things of Christ which God has freely given us. Listen, after God gave us his son, how much more will he give us everything we need today? Oh, Holy Spirit, come and show us the greatness of our heritage that we have in Jesus Christ.
0: us to um, just have a short time to think about what we have heard as I invite the music team to come and help us with the song that was referred to um, in the video, Spirit of the Living God Fall Afresh of Me, and let that be our our prayer. I just want to read a few verses to you, and this is what the Lord Jesus said. He said, the Spirit gives life, the flesh counts for nothing, and you know that. If we are cremated, we are cremated. If we are not, then it uh, just rots and goes back into dust. The Spirit gives life, the flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you and recorded for us in the Bible, the words I have spoken to you are Spirit and they are life. And then Jesus also said, But when He, when the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth, He will not speak on His own. He will speak only what He hears and He will tell you what is yet to come. The Holy Spirit will guide you in as secular a matter as in property, buying or selling. What more other areas as in life partner, as in life calling and job. So make it our prayer. Ask the Holy Spirit to teach us. Why don't we stand as we sing this song together and let's sing it as a prayer to the Lord. let close in prayer together. God, we, this is our, our prayer. Spirit of God, would you refresh us? Would you break those areas that needs breaking? Would you melt us in your love? Would you overwhelm us with your love? Would you mold us into good people? Would you mold our character, mold our lives, would you fill us with encouragement from on high, strength to overcome, power to live. And so God, for everyone here, Lord, I pray, indeed, you would break, you would melt, you would mold, and you would fill us from God, our Heavenly Father, something divine that comes from heaven that will give us strength for life today, wisdom for the days ahead. Would you bless each one by filling us with the Holy Spirit? Would our lives be given over to you, areas that we have been battling with, would we surrender them to you and you take charge and you give us what is really, really good for us. And no good thing does God withhold from those whom He loves. That is Your promise. That is what we believe and that is what we will get as we surrender our lives to You. So thank You, Our Father. Bless us today. Encourage us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.